This is the Mr. Career Tech Podcast. Learn everything you need to know to crush it as a job hunter, career changer, gig hustler, freelancer, or solopreneur. Mr. Career Tech is the place where ordinary people become extraordinary job hunters so they can get the jobs they deserve. Now here's your host, Uli Shield, aka Mr. Career Tech. Tech. Hello friends and fans and welcome back to my latest podcast. I'm Uli Shield, aka Mr. Career Tick. And in this pod, I'm going to talk about how to lift your game and how to get ahead of all the other freelancers in 2022. I don't know about you guys, but in my opinion, the last two years have transformed virtually everything about how we live our lives and particularly how we earn our keep if we are freelancers or gig hustlers. Now, the vaccine and the boosters and all of the rest have been rolled out and there are all sorts of variations, Delta, Omricom, and who knows what the next variation is called. And, you know, luckily or hopefully some aspects of our life are going to return to normal as early as the middle of this year. But, you know, we said the same thing last year. But what is clear in my mind is that the working world has likely changed forever, especially if you are a freelancer or a sole trader slash solo entrepreneur. I've spent a lot of time thinking about how the world might have changed for the freelancers and gig hustlers out there. And while I was doing all my thinking, I also collected a lot of information on the topic and I decided to list the shift that I believe or the shifts that I believe have already taken a hold in our new freelancer and gig hustler work lives. And I guess more importantly, I decided to create this podcast for you. So you're actually equipped with some useful insights and tips on what you can start to do now to get ahead of all the other freelancers in 2022 and what you can do to make 2022 a year for your books. So that said, let's get started, sit back and enjoy my pot, maybe take some notes and reflect on to your own freelancing situation and what it currently looks like, whether that's, you know, in your office on paper with your strategy or portfolio or otherwise, and uh, just have a look at what I explain and compare it a little bit. And as always, if you like the pod, subscribe to the channel, make sure that you do. Now, if you have listened to my podcasts before, then you probably noticed that I always like to talk more about what you need to know and less about the warm and fuzzy stuff some people like to hear. And so that said, what I think is really helpful for us here is to first understand the lay of the land. And when I talk about the lay of the land, I talk about the trends and the pressures and the predictions for the freelancing and gig hustling world in 2022. 
Now, don't get me wrong, I don't have a crystal ball and I also don't have a wizard whispering into my ear. But over the last 12 months, or particularly during the last 12 months, I've collected my view and created about six predictions on what is going to happen from now on 2022 going forward. And my very first prediction is prediction number one, and that is that traditional work is definitely yesterday's news. For thousands of freelancers and gig hustlers out there, 2020 and 2021 was definitely a crash course in working from home. And a lot of people, whilst they were complaining a lot about always being online and always back to back in Zoom meetings and so on, and also complaining about the new type of isolations that they have experienced. There are also most people who have learned and realized what existing freelancers already knew, and that is working from the comfort and safety of your home can seriously improve your life. And it's not just the freelancers and gig hustlers out there. Businesses are also catching on to the benefits of hiring freelancers and remote workers simply because they have realized that they can reduce office space, lower their rent, whilst also providing workers with perks like flexible working hours and, you know, lots of other things. And not to mention, they are no longer limited to their geographic area to find the best talent. And that, I think, is one of the things that businesses have really been catching on to. So what does all of this mean? Well, freelancing and remote working will be much more accepted across all the industries, meaning more opportunities for freelancers and solo entrepreneurs of all sorts. That is definitely my very first prediction for 2022 and going forward. Now, my prediction number two is, as a result of one, there are tons more freelancers, and that will definitely also mean more competition for every freelancer out there, hence this podcast. My very first prediction for freelancers and solo entrepreneurs who are already in the game has definitely come true in my view, and I believe on the one hand, as businesses become, you know, more eager to hire freelancers, there is also going to be an ever increasing number of new lead opportunities for freelancers, especially those working in jobs that can be performed at a safe distance, i.e. from, you know, the comfort of your home. And there is still too much going on with the new variants, you know, the, the big C that we don't like to talk about. So the, the, the big new COVID variants and the governments and the big organizations out there across the globe are really struggling with that, with the whole unpredictability of that situation. And so more and more companies irrespective of their size, whether they're small, medium, or large, are opting for the safer work-from-home option for their employees. And the result of that is that a lot of employees out there are also starting gig hustling or freelancing work 
while being full employed. On the other hand, more people taking the freelancer and solo entrepreneur path means also obviously more competition. And in my view, it remains to be seen if the number of new jobs available will outpace the number of the new freelancers on the scene. But, you know, I use freelancers almost every month. And I would definitely say from my observation that there's a very strong trend for much more new freelancers and therefore much more competition but either way, freelancers who are already in the game can take a few actions, in my view, to get ahead of the game in 2022. I've recently launched or recorded and posted a podcast on Apple Podcast on the topic, why now is the right time to change jobs and maybe start your own gig hustle, side business, or even move from fixed term to freelancing, go and check it out on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast or Spotify. Just type Mr. Careertick and there it is and enjoy it. Now here's prediction number three and it has to do with where do we work from? You know, we all can't work from home. Not everyone is set up to work from home. Not everyone has the space to work from home. And so prediction number three that I believe is definitely here is there will be definitely a co-working renaissance and a massive digital nomad surge. The freelancers out there may be confined to their homes right now, but that actually doesn't mean that they will stay there if and when the virus abates this year, if it does, but you know, it has to at some stage. If the vaccine is as promised and if all these other boosters are as promised as they are, and if life begins to return to some kind of a normal we are going to have a whole new generation of freelancers out there who are going to look to get out of the house and start interacting with other humans again. And that applies to both the existing freelancers as well as the new uh, freelancers who've come onto the scene. And in my view, that is going to show up in coffee shops and libraries and, you know, all these other spaces, they're probably going to fill up again. And so to accommodate this shift, this renaissance, as I have called it, what I'm expecting is, and I can already see it because there's already huge ads and brand new businesses that have popped up like mushrooms out there, we're going to see new types of co-working spaces that are going to open up. And these new uh, co-working spaces, completely different models of co-working that are completely tailored to these digital nomads, these ones will be more affordable co-working offices, hybrid offices that have open seats for roving freelancers. Uh, and in my view, that is the co-working renaissance that we're going to look at. 
I've recently discovered a really cool Airbnb style office rental right next to my house. And I just watched it. And in a space of less than three weeks, that space with over 200 deaths achieved nearly 80% rental right after it launched its office. And that was just before the most recent lockdown. Oh, yeah. Before I forget it, of course, speaking of which, uh, as the travel industry is going to, you know, get their foot down because they're re really making a hoo-ha with the governments. And as they're starting to rebuild from now on in 2022, we're also going to see a surge in the number of people who call themselves digital nomads. So the likes who are working out of Bali or somewhere in the central coast or, you know, wherever you are in the world, digital nomads are out there and there's lots of really good uh, freelancers amongst them. A lot of people are feeling wistful for travel. And now that more of them are freelancing and remote working, the digital nomad lifestyle is going to become more and more of a mainstream. Out of the four freelancers that I collaborate with, two are actually a brand new digital nomads. Okay, my next prediction is about a new generation. And as you know, every generation has stereotypes. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about my prediction number four, and that is you need to be careful because there is new competition, and that new competition is called Generation Z, and they are here to shake up the game. The oldest members of this Generation Z, as we call it, are now in their early 20s, which means if you really do the calculation, Every year, they'll make up a larger and larger part of the workforce, whether that is in the normal workforce or in the freelancing workforce. And if you're like me, I work in HR, we already know Generation Z is different in a few important ways compared to the previous generations, the millennials, the Gen Y and the boomers, etc., there's a lot of research that has been done, but the key thing that comes out of this generation is that Gen Zers were more likely than any other generation to say there are someone in their household who has lost their job or taken a pay cut due to the coronavirus pandemic. And they are most likely probably the highest new portion of new freelancers popping up there. So this Gen Z therefore represents the first generation, in my view, of totally digital natives, people born after the event of the internet, so to speak. And if you really look at that, combined with their eagerness for jobs for work, which comes out of either the pressure of losing jobs or the trend of what's going on. For them, it makes sense that this Generation Z is going to begin to make up a large part of that future freelance landscape. And you really need to be aware of that if you are planning to lift your game. 
I recently read a study from Sydney University that shows that Gen Z members are more progressive, have a higher level of education, are definitely more diverse and show a higher level of concern about social justice issues and other matters than any other generation before, even more than the millennials. And these attributes, these attributes that were discovered in that research will definitely shape our working world in 2022 and beyond. And here's my last prediction, prediction number six. It has all to do with software, the use of technology, and how all of that will be applied by the freelancers and how how all of that will make the life of the freelancers easier. New technology will make the life easier for the future freelancers. I know there's already a lot out there, but... At this point in the pandemic, most at-home workers are kind of well-equipped or maybe even well-versed in the world of almost anything, especially video meetings and collaboration technology and, you know, all that is bang stuff. But other freelance-friendly tech platforms like, you know, previously, well, previously it's already a couple of years, but just to give you an example, Slack and Airtable and Microsoft Teams and so on. They have seen fivefold and sixfold growth in their user base in the last two years. And right now, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and freelancers and software developers who are looking for ways to make the freelance lifestyle even easier because they have discovered this phenomenal growth of new freelancers popping up on all of these platforms, whether they're called Upwork or Freelancer or Talenter and so on. It's impossible to know what sort of new tech is coming down the pipeline. But in my view, we can expect to see more communication, much better collaboration tool, much more reporting and productivity and invoicing and timetabling tools. And they're all going to come your way in the near future. And I'm going to uh, post a couple of comparisons on all of these different tools, whether it's in the category communication, collaborating, productivity, freelancer invoicing and time scaling, and so on, because I think it's really important that you stay on top of trends and new tools simply by, you know, having your eyes and ear open. And all you need to do, if if you're interested in it, just follow my Instagram account. I'm going to focus a lot on freelancer tools and give you tips and insights in the first quarter of this new year so you can actually really get ahead of the game with the new tools, with the new gadgets. Look, guys, call it what you want. Call it uh, trends or pressures. I gave it a more neutral name. I called it the predictions for 2022 and beyond. Now you need to really focus on what you need to do to stay ahead of the pack and what you need to do to get the deal, to get the clients and the jobs you deserve.
So if you're looking to join the freelance revolution, go for it, guys. It's a good thing. Or if you're planning to develop your already existing portfolio career, then go ahead and do it. This is what I have learned about how to thrive in the industry. Know your worth. That's my first recommendation to you. It's in the name, guys. As a freelancer, you definitely have more freedom than a traditional corporate employee. And as a freelancer, you can decide when to work, where to work, and you can decide your rates. Essentially, how much you're worth. That's why my very first point is really know your worth because you are worth what you negotiate. When starting out as a freelancer, if you're planning to join this game, it can be really challenging to know where to price yourself based on your knowledge, your skill, your background, and, and everything that you can bring to the table from the market that you've worked in before. And so to work this out, to work out your worth, here's what I suggest to you. It won't come to you overnight. Obviously, uh, it took me at least a year and a half to know my worth and to find my footing, so to speak. But I would basically break it down into four key items. The first one is you need to find your niche. The second one is you need to really learn the market, so your niche market. And then you need to learn and understand how to monetize your skill. And then last but not least, and this is the hardest part, is you need to tap into your confidence. Because not every freelancer is confident. They learn to be confident. So knowing your niche is the value that a freelancer can bring to clients, companies, and so on. Uh, to help them meet their needs, right? And once the new freelancer has developed that area of expertise, they definitely, in this case you, need to learn how to communicate that value clearly and concisely. Now, this is not easy, especially when you're starting out, but there are simple starter blocks or Lego blocks, so to speak, and here's just a few that I did when I started out. The first one is you need to keep your website up to date or you need to have a portfolio of previous work, even if that previous work was out of your full-time job. Have a portfolio. There's lots of tools out there. And then this is more important uh, than the portfolio or the website is you need to highlight referrals or recommendations from previous clients because it's not who you know, it's who wants to know you. And that's basically how you find your niche. Referrals and recommendations who are referring back to your tools, to your previous projects, to your website and things like that. Now, the second point then is you really need to learn and understand and know your market. You need to identify, you know, where is your space and where should you work and where should you find your client? For instance, 
if you are an expert in something like uh, 3D printing or computing or robotics and so on, then that would be where you need to do your uh, research and learn about the market. And if you're into any of the new collaboration techniques, then that's what it is. If your expertise is in audio or video or otherwise, then that's where you need to learn your market. Now, the next one, which is monetizing your skills, is really difficult for freelancers, particularly uh, new starting freelancers, because they often believe that the only way to secure a client is through lower price. But if you go onto sites such as Upwork or Fiverr or Freelancer, and there's now over 20 different really big ones, you'll actually realize that the majority of the top performing uh, freelancers have created pricing packages. And the way they present their pricing packages is they only focus on their niche key specialization. So they don't try to be everything to everyone. They have pricing kits and these pricing kits really help them to secure jobs to score. So to work out your pricing, I recommend that you use a cost plus method. If you want to learn about that, you can go on to Insta. I have a couple of posts on that. And from that, you can work out your ongoing market rates. And if you think that's all too hard to understand, you can use all the little help tabs in those sites, uh, such as Upwork, Fiverr, Freelancer, and so on. I personally don't think you should start there. I think you should start as a freelance freelancer, not on these uh, sites. But look, that's up to you. My recommendation, if you want to monetize your skills, is you really need to work out your pricing. And my recommendation is have pricing niche kits. That way you secure clients much faster than through those uh, typical sites. And then the last one is, like I said before, the hardest one, and that is you need to tap into your confidence. You need to know what you can offer. It's absolutely uh, crucial and you really need to own it. And when I talk about owning it is I know from a lot of work I've done with freelancers and also through the work I do as an HR professional that nearly two thirds of the organizations that I regularly speak with or of or talk about freelancers, they all talk about the fact that a lot of the freelancers know their skill and they know their uh, tools and everything, but they don't tap into their confidence. And they don't do that even if another freelancer has similar talent that they're not familiar with or that they only know little of. So you really need to learn how to tap into your confidence to secure the jobs to secure the clients that are out there. And if you want some help with that, just go to hashtag MrCareerTick and check out the Job Search Coach. We have some training kits there. We can help you to learn about that. So don't just market your skills. You really need to tap into your confidence. You need to market yourself. So how do you best market yourself 
in my view, it really doesn't matter whether you're already an established freelancer or you're just starting out. The very first thing you really need to do is you need to leverage your profile and the testimonials, as I said in the beginning. So if you're a seasoned freelancer, you potentially have a portfolio of work and some testimonials from your clients under your belt, and you should definitely show them off. And if you're a new starter, you should use testimonials and references from your previous work and call that your portfolio and start right away setting up a portfolio. Irrespective of whether you're a seasoned freelancer or a new starter, from my point of view and recommendation, your next focus has to be to build loyalty. So when you are your own business or your own freelancing business, you don't often have the support and the prestige, particularly that companies have to talk about loyalty and existing customers. And therefore, it's really important that you put that extra work in your first set of clients or your first set of new clients, and then keep them coming back for more, so to speak. And the way you do that is the following way. The first thing is you need to interact with your clients in a very personable way. So don't just focus on the results, but focus more on relationships. I believe that I achieved what I have today primarily because I put a lot of effort into having really good relationships, even with the more difficult customers. So get to know your clients, you know, get to understand their challenges and more importantly, understand what their goals are. The better your relationship or, you know, the, the, the formal word is the rapport, uh, the better the rapport you develop, the more interest you show in them as a human rather than just as a client, the more they'll remember you uh, as a freelancer. And, you know, I always tell the freelancers that are not doing so well, the clients don't remember you for the things you do right, you know, in a bad way. They don't remember you in a bad way for the things you do right. They remember you more for the things you are lacking. So it's really important that you dig deep into the detail to, you know, uncover the real benefits of the project or the challenges that the client has because clients really want to know that you have deeper conversations with them, that this is not just a, a side gig. That's really what they're after. They're after good relationships, uh, interaction in a personable way. If you ask me today what I dislike the most about the work I, I did as a freelancer, as a startup, then I would always say it's the sales bit of it. I always felt very uncomfortable being salesy and trying to pitch and sell and so on. And 
what I developed, which still to this day really works well for me and all the members who work with me and all the people who collaborate with me, and that is what I call find out what other project your client might need help with and offer support. So it comes back to that first point, interact in a personable way and ask really good questions and find out what other projects they might need help with. And that reduces the need to sell quite a lot. So in other words, if you don't hear of any, you know, follow-up opportunities during your initial stint with that client, I would say then just take the initiative and tell your client that you're open to working on more projects in the future and give them examples of what you're really good with. And from there, follow up after, say, I don't know, two weeks, a month. I found in my business that over 89% of the freelancers that we work with, so we, we hand out a lot of work to freelancers that we collaborate with. And we found out that over 89% of the freelancers we work with, with high retention rates, have this behavior of following up with us being the client at least once a month after another project has been completed. So they automatically say, you know, what else do you need help with? And that's, in my view, a really, really strong uh, tool which comes back to that first point of interaction in a personable way. You know, if you really have that relationship, you should really make use of it. You don't need to be a hard sell. Okay, and here is a, a little cue card that I wrote, uh, I don't know, a few months ago from one of the many freelancers uh, who's working with us, who always impresses me with a particular point that I call use your expertise to improve other parts of your client's business. So let me tell you what this uh, freelancer does when he interacts with me. If he doesn't hear anything from us or from me that needs working on, then he always suggests other areas that he could improve. And I find that really impressive. And it always makes me think about him. Maybe I should talk to him about this or that challenge. This guy has realized that there is a higher chance that we haven't thought about what we are offering properly and what we need to do and how some of the things we're offering could be applied better. And that's, I think, what really makes him an outstanding freelancer. And this is why I wanted to share this with you. I think you need to always remember that you are an expert and you need to highlight that without being too salesy. And the best way to do that is by using your expertise, i.e. expert, to improve other parts of your client's business. That's really a, a great way to get additional work before they even tender for jobs out there. They'll come right to you. For example, another one of our freelancers suggested for improvements that we needed to make on some of our social sites 
and with some of the video work uh, I did. And as a result of that, he got a really big job to coordinate some of that work with us. And that's what I mean with, you know, use your expertise to improve other parts of your client's business. And when I look back at some of my old blogs that I wrote, sometimes telling your client what they're doing wrong can actually get you new business. So make use of that. Use your expertise to improve other parts of your client's business. So what do you say, guys? Does some or all of this sound familiar to you? Uh, you know, does this ring a few of your freelancer gig hustler bells? If you like what I'm talking about here, subscribe to my channel. Make sure that you do. And if you're really interested in more on the topic, there's actually a lot on the topic of freelancing and gig hustling on my Insta and Facebook with lots of carousels and tutorials and graphics and everything, and of course the uh, YouTube videos. So you can reach out via the bio link on the Insta account. You can reach out here via the bio link if you have any comments or questions. I always welcome that. I really want to make sure that our gig hustling community out there grows and that you do well, not just in 2022, but beyond. So. Hopefully you enjoyed it so far. So now let's get back to the last two points on how to improve the situation and how to get ahead of the pack under the category, building loyalty with your clients. I know from experience uh, through painful learning and also you know, being a freelancer and being on the client side, there are two types of things that really get my radar in the red. The first one is overpromise and under deliver. And the second one is being too late. Now, let me start with the last one. In my view, as a client, if you're a freelancer, being on time actually means that you're too late. In other words, there's really no time for me to discuss potential revisions. I'm not the kind of clients who takes the freelancer into the revision vortex. I never, uh, and I can really put my hand on my heart, I never exceed more than one revision because I give very good briefs. But being on time actually means, delivering on time means that you're actually late. What you uh, need to do is you need to deliver early or earlier so that we, your client, are on time. And that's what makes a real standout freelancer, a freelancer who works with a mindset and a heart of loyalty because you understand how precious time is. Your most valuable asset as a freelancer, as much as my most valuable asset as a client, is my time. And no one wants to waste it and really wait until the very last minute until things have delivered. So I would strongly encourage you to really 
make that old adage your mantra under the category of loyalty to be a freelancer who actually always strives to deliver earlier than the date that is set for the project or the job or the task. And then the other one is obviously, if you can, under any circumstances, never overpromise and then under deliver. You know, delivering great work on time is paramount in building trust, as I've just explained. That to me is the first part of it. Do I trust you? Do I like you? Yes, he's he or she is really working towards the goal, towards the time. I trust him or her and I like him or her for that. But more importantly, Never overpromise and then underdeliver. Don't get yourself into a situation where you can't follow through on your promises. And this is something I observe often when I have um, initial discussions with our freelancers. They're quite excited about the work and then they just go la 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 la, sell, 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 sell. Silence is actually your real friend. Just, you know, take notes, repeat your understanding. Avoid adding to your own tasks and don't talk. Just listen, confirm and repeat, ask really smart questions so your client has a really good understanding and confirmation that you really understand the brief and whatever there is and that you're focused on the task at hand. But don't overpromise and then underdeliver because you're nervous because you keep talking about things. And I would also recommend that you build in extra time where you can and be upfront about what is needed. If if you're clear and if you're really direct with your client, they will really understand and respect you and really prefer you over other freelancers or gig hustlers because they really know what they're getting from you. And when you're clear in your communication, in your behavior, in the way you repeat things and in the way you confirm things, then they really know a known quality, quantity and way of working. And that's when they come back to you, not just for the job at hand, but for future job in their pipeline. So it's always better to promise less and to deliver more and earlier instead of just on time than the other way around. So hopefully I made my point on those two things, never overpromise and then underdeliver and make sure that you deliver earlier because earlier is on time, on time is late. And here's my very last point, how you can really get ahead of the other freelancers and that is Always remember, I mean, literally always remember to get some kind of a testimonial or referral from your client. Companies, individual clients who work with freelancers will continue to work with even more freelancers. It's harder for them to track how well some of their freelancers have actually delivered on their contracts or agreements or projects, etc., including all the agreed timescales and milestones, unless you actually ask them 
to provide a referral or a, a testimonial. And the way I always explain that, uh, I know it sounds a bit old fashioned, but the way I always explain that to my freelancers is don't tell me you love me uh, or you love my work. Let's get married. Uh, and the way to do that is confirm to me that if I deliver on this or that, that you're going to give me a referral or testimonial. And you can already put that in some form uh, to the client, you know, whether that's on your portfolio or whether they give you permission to be named in your portfolio or whether they write a review about your work if you're on one of these platforms or if you uh, just ask them to write something that you put on your portfolio or your website or otherwise. The way to really be known as a quality freelancer is through testimonials, reviews and other things. That's really what attracts new clients to you because this is 2022. We are in the most informed time ever. Before clients buy anything, they check you out. And if they can't find anything on that topic of testimonials, they're likely to move on to the next freelancer. So make sure whatever you do to get testimonials from your client. I have a couple of tips for you on how to get these testimonials out of your client. As you get closer to the delivery of your work, of your project, you should actually hype up your clients, so to speak, make them feel good about the closure of the project or the delivery. So for example, if you deliver earlier or faster than scheduled, then highlight that and say, oh, we're looking really good. I can deliver one or two days earlier. If you're delivering, you know, under cost, then, you know, highlight that and so on. On. And the point there is when you have delivered uh, different various works to your contracts, including agreed timescales and milestones and so on, then you can actually draft or your client what you would want to have in your testimonial from that client. And so when I then read the reviews or the testimonials about you, I don't just always see the same thing like he or she works on time. I see a whole raft, a mixture of really good services from that particular freelancer or gig hustler, which is great service, on time, on budget, amazing communication, and so on. And that's really what then delivers the two ultimate decision points for loyalty, and that is do I trust you and do I like you? So in the category trust, it's on time, on budget, really good delivery milestones. And do I like you is all about loyalty, interaction, personable ways and communication. So that's really it. That's, you know, how you guys can get ahead of the pack of all the other freelancers in 2022. I would say if you apply 50% of that, then you're already 50% ahead of all the other freelancers out there. I hope you enjoyed my podcast today on how to get ahead of all the other freelancers in 2022. If you enjoyed it, join me again 
every Thursday here on Apple Podcast or Spotify with more insightful conversations or interviews on the topic of job hunting, career changing, gig hustling or freelancing. Gig hustling and freelancing is not for everyone, but if you make the decision to be a freelancer or a gig hustler, remember to hunt wisely and whatever you do out there, always ensure to tick all the right boxes.